Dude. Yo, that's the best you could come up with. Tubular, bro. Radical. You, you want my job? You can have it for season four. Absolutely. No, it. Actually, it was the cocktail that I was looking at, Sean. So that's pretty cool, man. Thank you, because you know, uh, great minds think alike, Jeremiah. I'm just saying Brandon. that seriously, this movie was very heavily influenced by Back to the Future. I mean, fuck. No, really. Really? No, I, didn't feel like, I didn't feel that way. Did you see that, guys? Okay. Did we get we we got renewed? Maybe. Uh, uh, we maybe I don't know. We're on sweeps. We're on sweeps. Oh, uh, let's go. <laughs> it's no, all gonna come is- down to our it's all gonna come down to our next six what is it, six episodes, Jeremiah? Uh <laughs> our next six episodes where we review the new Obi Wan Kenobi show. So everyone's all fucking excited for that one right there. Everyone's I'm excited. All excited. By the time we have a Star all Wars right. film. That being said, welcome back to the final episode of Season 3 of Three and a Half Gentlemen, the podcast where three of the four hosts provide a refined and intellectual analysis of movies from our private collections, and one of us tries desperately to keep up. We'll let you decide which host is which, but for now, my name is Sean, and with me in the race toward the key is Jeremiah. I just want to relax, drink some tab, and listen to Duran Duran, yo. (laughs) Eddie? Going outside is highly overrated. (laughs) and Brandon you have to go backwards really fast really Really fast (laughs) (laughs) this season we've decided that each host will pick a film from each decade from the 70s to today that exemplifies that time period it's you know it's kind of funny we've been through the 70s 80s 90s 2000s now we're in the last decade that we're doing the 2010s that's kind of cool we've been a long way this season it's been a long season eight years years. we're gonna add in the 2000s forward now we're in 2025 Yeah. Uh, Some of the films will be underrated, some classics, while others will be overrated piles of cinematic crap. To finish off each decade, as we're doing tonight, the hosts will have a group pick that wraps up the decade in style. As with every review we give, our goal is to answer one simple question. How many drinks does it take to get through the film we've just watched? At the end of the podcast, we'll rate the movie based on a scale of zero to five, zero being the perfect film that you can watch Stone Cold Sober, and five being the sort of film that makes you want to destroy a simulated reality just so no one else can get their hands on it uh, don't be that guy <laughs> in addition to our review we always pair our selection with a cocktail that we hope will enhance the viewing experience so please feel free to shake stir or mix the cocktail that we've chosen and settle in for what we hope will be an engaging review with that what movie do we have loading this evening uh gentlemen well, tonight we have our final group pick of our 2010s films, our final group pick of season three, and uh, I think it's kind of a good culmination, right? I mean, that's kind of why we picked this. It's a culmination of all the different uh, genres and different- Of our podcast, absolutely. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> all right. Well, anyway, um, <clears throat> it is indeed the final episode of our season three podcast. Oh, now I see what you said that. Oh, Yeah. <laughs> That's in a script. We collectively chose 2018's Ready Player One, the Ernest Klein imagined and still Steven Spielberg directed plunge into the Oasis. When the creator of a virtual reality experience called the Oasis dies, he makes a posthumous, 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 that word always gets me, 
posthumous. It would be really challenge. nice if you read this before. I would before still screw up. I, I would still <laughs> screw up with posthumous. Can we try that again? Let's I would say posthumous. Posthumous. When the creator of a virtual reality experience called The Oasis dies, he makes a posthumous challenge to all the users to find his Easter eggs, which he has hidden throughout the game. These will give the finer a finder. Finder. Fine. Well, it says finer, though, Sean. Okay. Well, sorry. anyway, this will I'm give sorry. the finer control of his fortune and the Oasis itself. Corporate magnets and basement dwellers alike fight to find the three clues and seize control of the meta universe. This virtual reality ride has a rating of 7.4 on IMDb with a critic score of 72% and an audience score of 77% on Rotten Tomatoes. The film stars Ty Sheridan, Olivia Cook, Ben Mendelsohn, Simon Pegg, and Mark Rylance. Oh, I love Mark Rylance. He's so good. Normally, yes. I would agree. So, uh, first impressions, before we get into our cocktail selection, we need to talk about whose film this is and... Additionally, what our initial impressions of the movie were before sitting down to watch it, since technically it's a group pick. Well, Eddie, start it off because I believe that we all saw this movie together in the theater, right? We we did, and all I remember about this movie was the first time I watched it, I had nothing, no knowledge of what it's about. You just told me like I, I remember you you Jeremy told me like, bro, you're gonna like this movie. Like and you just talked really highly of it, and I was like, I don't know. It seems kind of cheesy, and I regretted instantly my first word. Like within the first twenty minutes, I was like, <laughs> I regret every word I've said anything bad about this movie. So I was really excited to rewatch this movie. It's a movie that I, I it's a it's a fun movie to watch, and I remember that it was a fun movie to watch, and I was hoping that I was I feel the same way watching it for my twelfth time, and you know, twelve uh, times. <laughs> so I, I was in, I was uh I was excited to do this movie finally. Especially, it's a good you know a good way to wrap up the season with so many throwbacks. Hey Sean, do you remember when we were seeing this in the theater? Like how like uh, electrifying the audience was when this movie was playing in the theaters. Like it was so, an overall great experience, right? It was it was there are there are ones I look back on that are like those those times where you're in the theater where yeah. it makes it worth it. And this was definitely one of them where it just kind of. The audience was just as engaged with the material as, uh, you know, as you were, as I was sitting there. Um, I, I compared to like Guardians of the Galaxy when we went to see that, the audience had the same kind of reaction. They laughed, they cried, they, you know, it was, it was, it was absolutely like engaging. And you don't get that very often. You used to get that with like midnight showings. I remember we used to go to the midnight yeah. showings of, of Harry oh, Potter yeah, or, right? or, or, yeah. or Lord of the Rings, you know, Star Wars. <laughs> pirates. <laughs> yeah, pirates. pirates. But this this kind of did it in a different way. It was like a bunch of really big nerds going and like every Easter egg. Oh, look at that! Oh, look at you know. Oh, look at that! Back to the future. Like super, yeah, yeah it was super badass. I was nervous when I first was about to watch this movie. Like I was like, "Fuck, is it going to really hold up?" And then the first part I remember seeing like the credits and you hear like Van Halen's jump with the fucking synthesizers, like, mm, 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 mm. and you're just like. Oh, this is going to be fun. <laughs> See, and, and you're you're like an 80s fan. I thought, I'm like, this is going to be dog shit. The 80s themes, the 80s music, it's going to be overplayed. Steven Spielberg hasn't made a good movie since like 1993. BFG? Like, oh, wait. It's just, yeah. I, I was like, this is just, you know, one last gasp of a dying director. And then he pulled it out of the park. So I, I just, right. you know. Ooh, Brandon, yeah. what do you think, dude? How was your uh, first impression? 
That's hardcore. Okay, so um, I, w- I wasn't invited Sorry. apparently to the movie theater. Name yeah, a name guys. a name a good name a name a good uh, a good Spielberg movie in the last ten years. Oh yeah, I can't Saving name Private ten Ryan. years actually. I still believe that, was, that we're that was ninety. That was we're still living in two thousand two. That's what I believe. <laughs> I like I like your effort. Yeah. Brandon, you had. I really like your effort. I started clapping. I was like, "That's that's right, Brandon." I was like, oh, wait, that's so oh, long ago. Shit. Forgot. So yeah, I did. I, I I didn't get the invite to the movie screening with you guys, but I remember getting a phone call from Sean at about eight thirty in the morning, one morning, and he was like, "Dude, Ready Player One, you need to go see it. You need to go see it now." And I was like, ah, I have a little kid at home. I don't know if I'm going to get to it. But the day that it came out on DVD, I went out and I and Sean, this, this means something. I went out and bought it on Blu-ray, and uh, and it sat it sat on my shelf for literally a year and a half. Uh, I just didn't have a time to wow. watch it. I wanted to sit down. I wanted to like be able to to focus on it because I'd heard um, just good things about it from Sean and everybody else, really. And then finally, when I watched it, which was basically a, less than a year ago. Um, for the first time, I, I agree with you guys. I just felt like, damn, I missed out on on a year and a half of watching this movie and enjoying this movie. Um, and so, yeah, it, it was it was an interesting experience because it lived up. The first viewing lived up to the hype that I was hoping it would. Um, don't know if I could say that about the second one. So the second time through. So we're going to talk about that today. Okay. Um, I'm not going to shit on it like I have certain other movies like, uh, <laughs> like, like Point Break or Halloween or uh, Doctor Strange. But um, yeah, I'm, I'm actually I'm really excited to talk about this one with you guys. Nice. Jerry, what, what, what were you thinking? I already actually talked about it. It was uh, a really quick, you know, uh, first impression. I just wasn't listening to you. And I said, like, you know. <laughs> you such a dick move. Damn. If anyone didn't hear, this is what I thought. Like, I had a huge expectation on this film. Uh, it was really fun to see in the theaters. Um, maybe I was pretty much in love with the whole like moment of time and everything like that. And I have to agree with Brandon. You know, like I love this movie, but after seeing it a few times, let's discuss about a few certain things. Yeah. Mm, before that, Tana talked about the cocktail selection. Yeah, please Eddie, do. take us through the cocktail, please. Yeah, cheese. We're so quick to cut me out so fast just like the partner in this movie uh as we mentioned earlier <laughs> with each movie fate, we try to <laughs> as we mentioned earlier with each movie we try to pair the tone feel and overall impact of the story of a cocktail this season we really want to discuss the cocktail and more and how it links up with the movie selection still working Everyone on that one guys yeah, I know we are. Everyone who listens knows when we watched the bond movie we paired it with a vodka martini shaking not stirred with a lemon peel but tonight's cocktail was chosen by the group. So Sean, he actually will be taking us through the cocktail. Sean? Yeah, so Sean, tell me about this uh, amazing cocktail, this uh, uh, where uh, we don't need any more roads type of cocktail. I think it's the best. I think it's the best cocktail uh, we've chosen in a long time, uh, despite anything that Brandon says to the contrary. Tonight's cocktail is called the Flux Capacitor Cocktail, which obviously refers to Marty McFly and Doc's Adventures in Back to the Future. With a movie so stuffed with Easter eggs and callbacks to some of the greatest movies of all time, this cocktail borrows from the '80s classic, just like. Ready Player One. To make the Flux Capacitor Cocktail, you will need vodka, squirt mm. soda, Ooh. which, by the way, squirt, if you're out there and you want to sponsor the gentleman, we will use your squirt soda and I squirt it all over every drink we have. represent squirt for life. That's so dope. <laughs> Pomegranate juice, pineapple juice, a garnish of mint. 
Uh, for a complete recipe, Ooh. you can uh, visit our website at thegentlemanpodcast.com, or you can see a picture of it on Instagram at the.gentlemanpodcast, which Jeremiah provides. This drink looks All right, great. Gen- gentlemen, let's take a sip. The greatest ever, see. dude. All right. I Sean, don't the finish it all in one. Don't finish I, it, Sean. Well, we need to Sean. Sean, last the last episode. Yeah, I'm gonna make it through. I promise. Uh, so yeah. this is like just a lot of juice. <laughs> Sean, what kind of vodka sport. is this? Yeah, uh, we used a, uh, a Tito's vodka tonight. We used a little Tito's. Tito's, Tito's if out you're out in, there, uh, Texas. Uh, we will, Ooh, we will, we will, rub, right we'll rub Tito's all over our bodies if you would like us. I to mean, do. all fairness, yeah. I, I, I'll take Tito's. I'll take Smirnoff. I'll take uh, Grey Goose. I'll Grey take Kirkland. Goose, Kirk, I'll yeah, take Kirkland. Kirkland. Yeah, Costco Kirkland. loves the sponsorship. So yeah. No, no, it's like Smirnoff. Was it just me, or was that hey, like but, a? Before we get into this, I, I just I wanted to tell you that I get an email from a place called Backtracks, which shows you. Uh, where your podcast is every week, okay? And our in Alabama podcast last week in the United Arab Emirates was number ninety four. <laughs> Holy shit! <laughs> We're so, <in> the top hundred. <laughs> this is better than this is the South Air. Thank you, guys. All you. All better than the billboards. Send us tickets. I'm like, out there with your I, live I, show. Imagine me sitting in my office, right? I'm reading this email. I'm like, 94th, 94th. Oh my God, we're 94th in the United Arab Emirates. We broke 100. Like, I'm like, at least we're what? somewhere. At least what are you guys to listening us? to 93 times before us? That's what I want to know. <laughs> You know, anyway, just a shout out to the United Arab it. Emirates. Thank you guys. We do appreciate all of our international listeners. Time out, time out. I'm so out awesome. on this one. I can give you something right now regarding to locations here. Okay. Yeah. So, uh, listen, 73% of also listeners in the United States, but we got a lot of love in Canada, United Kingdom, Australia, and Sweden. Oh, Swedish. Well, thank you very much, all those who listen, and we really appreciate it. Uh, what about the U.S.? What about the U.S.? <laughs> no, no, we, we have Sean's mom. Yeah, okay. we, have Sean, we have Sean's mom. <laughs> we got the parents. My mom religiously listens every single Monday, and she'll text me like, why is it dropped yet? Why is it out? Hi, why, Mary why, why Rose. Is it, why is it Jeremiah released it? <laughs> whoa, whoa, whoa. It's one time I dropped back. it pretty late, but seriously, it's usually to our East Coast listeners and I love you guys very much, East Coast listeners. I usually drop that on my time at 12 o'clock at night. So you, when you wake up at 3 o'clock, 4 o'clock, Boom. it's all ready for you. Package well, my, delivered. It's ready for you, Brandon. It's ready. My, Boom. Boom. Exactly. My, my, my mother likes to think that she's the first one who listens to this podcast every week. So thank you, Mom. Mary Rose, I apologize. It's actually, it, you're the first one who gets it. <laughs> <laughs> All right, let's talk about this okay. this movie and let's start let's start with uh so this movie came out in, in 2018. Uh, I'm sorry. 2018. 2018. And I just want to kind of take a moment to to reflect how quickly time has progressed since the release of this movie. So yeah, I remember I when this know. movie came out and the idea of the metaverse, the idea of this virtual reality Oasis. place to Oasis. yeah, the Oasis that uh, was, was was like no, I mean metaverse. Yeah. That's what I'm saying. It's like now all of a sudden we have it. Like like literally, what's his name? The, the windsurfer guy. He 
he is trying to get people to adopt and go into this type of place and NFTs and all this stuff going on. I mean, amazing how technology has just changed so much so quickly. I got a question for you guys as a society. Are we close to this world when you think about it? I mean, are we spending our lives trying to escape reality rather than living in the present world? Are we I think officially that's what social there media yet? is like it's become that right? Yep. In a lot of ways. Yeah. But I- but in a lot of ways, this movie is the antithesis of being able to stand up both in the virtual world and in the real world. And I think mm-hmm. that right there is why the, the story of the, the backbone of the movie is so compelling. Because I remember watching this for the first time and thinking, okay, so you're setting up this character. He lost his parents. He lives with his aunt. Okay, so it's the normal 80s. I have no no guidance kind of uh, lifestyle, right? Very Spielbergish. And very Spielbergish, and you've got Ty Sheridan, who I, I absolutely love as an actor. I think he's fantastic, and he's going into this place, and he's totally changed the way he looks and the way his attitude is in this oasis. And he drives a Delorean, which is fucking badass. And <laughs> I, I mean, the way that it starts, it's like it's it's almost so superficial, so fake. That you're like, where are they going to go with this? Like, where is the story going to take you? But I think something we need to remember is that this is based off of a book that came out in 2011. I mean, so we're talking about this movie's predating by a couple of years what has become. We're talking about, yeah, Yeah. 10 years ahead of its time. Um, I mean, it it really has looked into the future and seen what we are striving to get with VR stuff. Yeah, I mean, mean, it's right there. Um, But I kind of want to take it to technology though in in a creative sense and one of the things that struck me and sean i think you were kind of talking about this but it's the world building the cgi in this movie was so perfect because what i, what I put in my notes here is, is we don't have really a frame of reference we don't have any kind of grounding point because everything about this movie is fantastical and it's cgi future um you know you've got the real world columbus ohio is just this broken down trash rubble heap and then you've the got stacks, the oasis, yeah. yeah, the stacks. And then you got the oasis, which is this, this you know, dream, dreamscape basically of of imagination. But we can't root ourselves in any kind of reality that we can feel comfortable with. And so for you know, in two hours, we're really kind of on edge, which is exactly what we need to be for for a movie like this. At least that's kind of what I was thinking. I read something about Spielberg. Like this was his what his third most difficult movie that he ever made, behind Jaws and Saving Private Ryan. Like to bring a real reality and also a virtual reality into a movie with just so much graphics and so much special effects. I mean, I really think a directing visual standpoint, I think he knocked it out of the park visually. Seriously, I, I, the tone, the feel of the movie is just fantastic. And one of the things that I think is mm. brilliant about the way he put it together is that he hides the graphics within the graphics. So the graphics aren't all perfect. They don't have to be because you've got four video bit video, yeah, video game, weird Old players, video games, yeah. right? And so when you when you mix all these different, I mean, you have like Arkham Knights, Batman in there. You've got all these different characters yeah. occupying the same space, and 
it doesn't really matter if the graphics are on point the whole time, but then he peels back a little bit. And when they have the scene in the library where, where uh, the, the robots there and he's, he's looking at the historical records, right? All mm-hmm. of a sudden you see the framework, you see the outside of this world, just precision, precision mm-hmm. graphics. They're just so fucking good. That I have a feeling that they're going to move in the future museums to be somewhat like that. Yeah, I have a weird like interactive, like, like interactive. You see, a, you see a video, you can see a video of stuff. People don't, like the Jedi think, Temple and shit like about that. Now, everything is recorded. There's so much video being out there, right? It's it's you know, there's everything's like we're, we're recording this. Like there's so much out there that you the famous people start recording and how they record the music and everything. You can start, you can put that in the museum nowadays and see the the making of something great. I think this movie is really great. With it touches Gen X millennials gen z with so many different throwbacks to video games like our, our parents was able to like see atari almost in this the same movie and like they should you know it was able to touch on different years of people's lives of their video games you know and and how you can get lost in a whole different world and this movie was able to it was like almost an inception like you can kind of get lost within another reality yeah so i want to i want to just say something though off of what ed was saying and and that's it that you know ed was talking about all these references to video games and for me because you know i grew up on movies and i love movies that right that's what i clung to and i mean i, I know we're going to talk about it but the entire shining sequence um by the way that was a great episode from three and a half gentlemen you should go back and listen to that but the whole entire shining sequence was just so much it was perfect it was absolutely perfect the way that they recreated the the overlook the way that they recreate that feel um, you know, I'm watching it with my my seven year old son, and he had nightmares that night because of the Shining sequence. And to me, that was perfect. Like I was happy. That was one of my questions to you guys. Actually, I mean, what was your going to be your favorite part of the movie? And I thought for me, the Shining level was fucking awesome. I mean, it was like a movie within a movie going down another level, another movie. It was like yeah. It was like Inception, dude. Yeah. Before we go there, though, because I, I have a lot to talk about that. I want to talk about the opening race, though. We got to talk about this this opening race and setting up this cornucopia of of just every pang of all the movies coming through. You had you had a little Indiana Jones feel. You had a little Jurassic Park feel. You, you had, had a little dra- you got King Kong. You had, you've got right. Yeah. Every character. No, I'm sorry. Every character driving, trying to get to the key that nobody has ever. Uh, gotten to and these gunters trying to get to the key and i mean what i I thought was so brilliant was it flung you into this world before you really knew what was going on and Mm -hmm. and there wasn't a lot of there wasn't a a little there was a little overture of him speaking but there was a lot of complex ideas that were given in the first three minutes of the movie that basically set up the whole movie which was first to the key the key three keys unlocked the game you know, and and you win. <laughs> there was a lot of pop cultures like staples there in this movie. Like yeah. you have the eighties, nineties, even two thousands. I mean, within the first part of the movie, you saw Tron, uh, Akira, Lord of the Ring characters, the Iron Giant for Christ's sakes. I mean, that was like fucking amazing. They're bringing that back. Ninja Turtles, yeah, and you win. You win. You and, win yeah, the just whole have, just Jason, Freddy. It has so much pop culture staple situations. You're just like, wow, this is like. Mm-hmm. So overboard, That's what I was saying. but you were just going with it. But it was overboard, but it. not like and to too point, much. And to Brandon's point, I think there was uh, there you know for someone who has has no idea about video games, 
like you, you everyone saw something different. This is what Eddie was saying yes. earlier is that it appealed to everyone because everyone saw something different. When they're walking through the oasis to the to the the race, you know, everyone was like they saw their favorite character versus yeah. everyone saw every character. I read yeah, something I, that I like writer that, yeah. Sam Penn like stated that there was over uh, like a thousand or eleven hundred like Easter eggs of characters and memories of different pole cultures and things like that. Which is like you watch this movie, you're going to see something different every single time. Yeah, which is really so, fucking cool. So I want to I want to talk a little bit about the main character of the movie and the underlying idea of avatars, right? So you've got Ty Sheridan who's got this um, this uh, this character called Parzival. 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 Which is Parzival, okay? So you're hiding behind meaning and you're hiding behind this, this, uh, this concept of who you want to be. And I think that's kind of interesting as we enter a world that's more and more online. I mean, the four of us are sitting here in different places in the country recording a podcast together like we're sitting in the same room. This is the new norm. So are we, you know, are we, is this the new thing where we're going to create these personas uh, of ourselves in avatars and they're going to live out our lives? Or, well, I mean, you know, that's what we, we had with touch of who we really are. That's what we had with the whole, remember with the Sims rev- revolution back in like, what was that? 96, 97, somewhere around there. Right. I mean, that was the whole idea is that you create these, these other worlds and then you let them live or the Tamagotchi pets. Right. I think that we've been working our way towards this, alternate not alternate reality but this alternate existence that works on in tandem with with our own worlds and i mean and i don't want to keep being that guy that keeps pointing to social media because i mean heck hypocritical me has social media but that's what we're doing right we're putting out a, a caricaturized version of ourselves for other people to see i mean are we that much different than h or or parzival who's who's creating these personas and, and showing that persona to the world I love I love her quote in the movie where she's like pretty much shoving it back to uh, Percival's face, you know, regarding to um, how we perceive each other through social media and in the virtual platforms. She says, like in the movie, like you only know what I want you to know, you only see what I want you to see, and that's what you're in love with. And I think those words come off of the screen, and I think it really represents the present uh, as where we are now, what we do here in this social media life and yep. virtual life. Well, that, that's what it was. Uh, Percival's friend. Uh... H and H makes a little comment like, dude, Artemis to be a guy, to be a dude, bro. Like just you're all in love with this person and this person could be a dude while our H is actually a girl. Right. So it's kind of funny that, that, that you still have that. Uh, what is it? Uh, what, uh, you know, you can be, you can be Anon- what is it? The, anonymous. You're anonymous. No, there's, there, there's a, there's a show about it too. Uh, you can do save people. Um, can't, I have to think about it. No, catfish. Catfish. No, that's, that's, I mean, you could just egg them too. Catfish. <laughs> you, could, you could catfish somebody into like thinking you're this person. So there's 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 still that happens. I bet all the time. So and I think this is the the fear and and the risk and and this is where we're headed and where where maybe is not the best thing. And this movie kind of reveals it uh, in the end when he shuts down the oasis for a period, you know, for a day or Tuesdays and Thursdays. Know, well, yeah, whatever it is, but. It's almost like we've got to connect online and offline. And I think this movie treads in a very fun, entertaining, wonderful medium. It also answers kind of a big question is, is this the future? And 
And the answer, I think, is it might not be a future that everyone wants. So, but it does. I but, think but it's just like kind of said, a very deep. No, I was gonna say, yeah. like you were saying, it's not preachy about it though, and that's what that's what I think is really, really good about this movie. I, I'm gonna get into you know, later on what I think is not so good about this movie, but what's really good about this movie is it says something important, but it also doesn't make you feel bad about what it's saying. Well, I mean, when 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 you have characters that you're wondering, you know, if you're gonna care about them. That's that's my big thing. Is am I going to care about these virtual characters? You know, you're creating this world, and I, I'm jumping ahead here. But when they're standing at the end, and he makes his his proclamation to the entire oasis, you know, that these that the 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 company is trying to take over, and we need to rise up and we need to fight together. That last battle, it actually got me emotionally excited for like. It, the the goodness of humanity like it wasn't about a bunch of avatars losing all their their coin it was about people taking a stand against something together and i think that connectivity was really cool i also like the fact that there's like this message in the movie where it's in a lot of ways it's telling us to remove ourselves from this virtual reality just drop the fucking controller and everything just go outside you know and i don't want to like call it generations but i think this generation that we're in right now does not know how to explore outside regarding to what you know a lot of people and a lot of reference of this movie back in the day has this like this nostalgic feeling to it you know what i'm saying mm-hmm. i also agree i go with based off that too jeremy and sean uh, it it, talks, it brings you about teamwork, right, and a community of good people that you can trust. You know, the overall Parsifal had, you know, three other friends that he always played with and he trusted. And it's kind of like to this day how we play Xbox or PlayStation 4. You know, there's – I have – I luckily met everyone, but some of the friends I play there, they've never met each other. So it's like they don't know how each other is, but they – trust each other enough to like, Hey, I don't want to play with anyone else. I want to play with only you. So it's that level of community and, and, and teamwork, but it's at the same time you have an alliance. So it's, it brings up good qualities. This movie brings up good qualities of, uh, things people need to work on in life and also getting outside and maybe, you know, seeing each other's face to face, man. Well, and, and that's what's so interesting about setting it in the 1980s. Uh, I was born in, in 86. I grew up in a time where, you know, you knew where everyone was because their bikes were piled up outside someone's house, right? Like that's, exactly. that's yeah. you, the yeah. street lights, the street lights were your, uh, hey, better be home before the street lights. Your mom's going to whoop your ass. Like that's, that's yeah. what it was. We spent yeah. all of our time outside. So yeah. the fact that this has like all these 80s vibes and 80s feel, and the Zemeckis cube and the, like, oh, the, the music is fantastic, but it's like, that was a, an era marked by kids being outside, not being exactly, inside. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> mm-hmm. Which is weird. Cause we've got like this eighties resurgence with stranger things. We've got, um, I'm to help me out. There's like, I'm just in my head just a second ago. I had like seven eighties references, but the eighties are really coming back. And I feel like, this movie does a good job of kind of wrangling them all together and saying that the eighties were a time of, of kind of joyous fun, if that makes sense. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I agree Sex with you. Drugs on that, yeah. Freedom. No, it was the sixties, bro. <laughs> what people love about the eighties and nineties, that was us. I mean, that's what we, we were the whole time. The music, the vibes, what we were going out, what we were all Movies. about. Everything, yeah. dude. Yeah. The, yep. Everything was cheap and fun and free and like it was you you had freedom, you had independence, yeah. you had all these different things that kids today just don't freaking have. They just don't have it. 
Yeah. Like back in the day, uh, in the eighties, you should have, you should tell who had the Nintendo because everyone was at that person's house. Yes, like you can right. see like how, but, but right? you only played it for, you only played it for a couple, a couple hours. hours. You're like, let's go hours. outside. Let's do something else. Like, yeah, yeah. yeah. you mm-hmm. wanted to make sure you go to the park or go to your friend's house. And you're like, yo, let's just go. Let's just do something. You know, that there was, was such, there was such imagination. And I think that's what, what is so sad about this generation. The, the new kid generation is that they've lost that, that independence, that sense of going out and playing by themselves. Because I think that that adventure spirit is what created this type of story, right? So I think that, that Ernest Klein, when he was taught, when he was thinking about this, it's like he wants to recreate the adventures he had when he was growing up. I think that's the truth. I think that's that's yeah. that's what, what he was thinking about. Well, who's the main character? Uh, Ark Arknek or something? What's his name? Yeah, Parsifal. A- Anorak. A- Anorak. Anorak. The the, the mean, wizard. He's talking about Rylance. Yeah, yeah, Anorak. So I mean, when you think about his character, it's almost so sad because it's almost like he wants to relive that past but he has a lot of regret to it you know regarding to what happened for him of him kind of like living afraid and never taking that leap of faith and you kind of get that sense of maybe that the words are coming out from you know from klein that character kind of represents him i mean what do you guys get that vibe do you guys well, get that look vibe at, look at yeah absolutely because look at the story of how to get the keys okay the first key is that you can't always go forward sometimes you have to look backwards that's that's how you get the first key the right. second key is you look through your past and learn from your past so not only do you look back but you have to learn from what you did wrong and overcome you have to go dance yeah. with the girl you have to go and do the thing that you didn't want to do and finally you have to have uh, you ha- you have to not just play the game or not just win the game you have to enjoy the journey of the game you have to play every yeah. level you have to look in every corner and you have to experience life for the whole thing i think those mm-hmm. are three very humanistic uh uh what do you call it? like tasks to complete they're not about the video game they're not about the oasis they're about the person who's beating the task they're about teaching the person how to be the, a better human being and i think that's why the movie resonates the journey, the journey, the journey matters more than the 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 end, right? It's like the journey right. is what's the fun part. Right. Yeah, that's why when people, that's why people beat games and they quit because like, oh, I beat the game, I'm done. But the best part about the game was the whole middle part of the journey of just looking through the the open doors and like getting lost in the video the best, game. A little the bit. best, the best part and, of the yeah, season, life. yeah. The best yeah, part of watching life, a, watching a sh- the best part of watching the show is the show, not the final episode. Who cares mm-hmm. about the yeah. final episode? Yeah, that's 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 the story of life. You think about. No, I think I think it's interesting Brandon, when we see Brandon. where it ends, where the movie ends with his character. Right, he's this uh, virtual creation. Maybe we're not really sure exactly what he is, but then he goes off into the other room with his, you know, with his childhood self, and he has has got this kind of sense of fulfillment, I guess, by by passing on this knowledge. And it's knowledge of regret. I mean, I think that's the interesting thing about this is that he's built in Perfect. all this yeah. regret that in his life to make sure that other people don't make that same mistake. And I think that that, again, it's beautiful. It's well done. If you're not kind of paying attention to it, you're probably not going to notice it. But it, and that's because it doesn't it doesn't come off as overly preachy, but it's saying it a whole lot of really good stuff. Face. It does. Exactly. Right. 
Yeah. And and everyone, I think that, everyone yeah. Yeah, go ahead. No, it's got subtext and that's that's where movies to me win. Is not only was that's this an enjoyable kick ass ride, it really never that's what yeah, but it started at the beginning from the opening race to the end of the movie. It was a fucking roller coaster ride of fun. And I, I love, I mean, we haven't even talked about the characters and I, I'm sorry, but I don't remember the, the, and I'm probably going to offend someone. The, the Asian brother who was, uh, in the and truck and Daito and, and Daito. show. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And the yeah, one. So- the one who Phil, who the Phil one who, Phil, yeah, yeah his, the one who yeah. became really big at the end, like that big uh that big character with the like, like power that Rangers, shit right? yeah. to me is yeah like so it was it was so well paced the movie was so well paced just when you thought they were gonna lose or just when you thought something was gonna happen boom it just kind of transformed into a new scene just when you thought they were caught he uses the mecha's cube just when you know the iron giant comes in and throws a little uh uh. Terminator two, Terminator thumb two, down, yeah. thumb up, like everything just kind of followed on, and you real. I mean, we haven't even talked about the villains, which really show you the dark underside of humanity in a TJ way Miller? that. Yeah, yeah TJ Miller. He was hilarious. Uh, I rock. He was hilarious in this. Yeah. That's before we but don't was, talk about TJ. <laughs> I was I was more talking about uh, what's his name Ben Sorrento. Yeah, yeah. Sorrento. Uh, Sorrento. Yeah. It's funny him. how he in in the in the Oasis he's like this big dude with a you know he's like a hitman and then in reality he's this tiny little skinny guy who just has a little power and he was yeah. he was Holiday James it's James Holiday right he was Holiday. Holiday's uh Holiday he he was his intern and like he just never got it right he just never understood the meaning of Oasis uh but I I agree with you Brandon like and Sean like I feel like this movie shows you that everyone has knowledge to give, right? And it's a matter of, like, when, what are you going to leave over after you pass away? Like, you, you pass through your knowledge or you're going to hold it with you when you die and for no reason? Well, and I think a lot of people yeah. get hung up. Um, you know, if you're watching this movie and you're getting hung up on, like, oh, it's a bunch of nerd stuff, it's a bunch of video game stuff or a bunch of movie references, and it's not about any of those. Those are just a vehicle to tell a pretty engaging story about life. And I think that is why the movie is successful. Uh, what did you guys not like about it? Let's talk. I mean, Brandon and Jeremiah, you yes. both kind of said second viewing. Let's talk about that. Let's talk about some stuff you didn't like. My thing is this, is that it starts off really well, right? And then during the middle of the movie, kind of drags a little bit, you know, regarding to yes. from the first key to the second key. And so it's not like, you know, the worst fucking thing ever. But this movie is longer than I remember. So for me, it was just like it kind of falls off the track a little bit. When he goes to the museum and when he goes to the kind of the like the historical the data, like that the kind dance. of yeah, or the dance that slowed it down for you a little bit. No, basically when he gets like, you know, kind of fingered out and everything like that, he gets, you know, kind of like part of the rebellion. It just kind of drags a little bit, you know. So the, the pacing was a little off, just a little See, off for me. Okay. Yeah, which is not a bad thing, but it, that's when I was just, just watching this over again. Yeah, I guess for me it wasn't so much the pacing, though. I agree, <clears throat> Jared. It's a little bit longer than I remembered it, and it, it kind of drags out. But more than anything, it drags out in the last battle. And I mean, we've already established from previous movies that I'm not just—I'm just not a huge fan of just throw everything at what? the screen action, um, John Wick. But ultimately, I know that there, there, there's an audience, and I know that I'm, I'm with three of them right now. But ultimately, I'm, I'm, I'm just I'm like, the audience, motherfucker. <laughs> I am like, 
the whole time I'm watching that 25 minute battle, I'm just like, who the fuck is what happening? I don't even know. Like, literally, I would rather have right, take it 25 minutes more. And I would have been like, let's cut this down to eight minutes. Um, it was just it, honestly, it was just it was so, so damn much at the end that it just kind of was like uh, just it, it was just too busy and it was too much. The other reason that I just I, I realized why I just was frustrated at this movie is Mark Rylance. And I, Mark Rylance is a great actor. He's one of the best that we have. But he he was played as too much of a caricature to me. And it was just like it took away any kind of sense of of me caring about him because he was so over the top. Like they took Mark Zuckerberg and they're like, let's put him on. I don't know, like uh, slow him the fuck down. Right. It just it just was annoying. And, and I love Mark Rylance. I want to see Mark Rylance act. I don't want to see Mark Rylance just act like he's a he's a no brain doofus because that's basically what we have in his character. Sean Defend. I, I was go. disappointed in no, 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 no. I was disappointed in Rylance, who, who, which is sad because I think he's one of America's greatest actors. I think he's legitimately he's fantastic. Uh, okay, I meant okay. Sorry, yeah, that's true. Yeah, sorry that's about good. that. Okay, uh, so one of one of UK's greatest actors. But anyway, <laughs> I thought that he was the wrong choice. I thought he was yeah. the wrong choice to play that role. I think that Simon Pegg should have you know flip flopped in in yes. those two <gasps> roles. Um, Good call. I think Simon Pegg would have been would have been vastly better. I would have actually had Simon Pegg or uh, I I don't remember his name, but it's the guy who plays Simon Pegg's opposite in a lot of the uh, oh, shot of the Nick, head, Nick, Nick uh, Frost. Nick Frost. Nick yeah. Frost. Yeah. I think I think someone who is legitimately like I don't know. I felt like Rylance was too old. He was too. Uh, I don't. I don't know how to explain it. Just he wasn't like a ner- nerdy enough. He wasn't. Yeah. He didn't have that charm. He didn't have that. That that what I was looking for. He didn't I have read, what I was looking for. I read something that uh, during like production or something like that before the production that Spielberg actually approached Gene Wilder to appear in the movie and see he would have been perfect, you know. But he respectfully declined the offer. You know, I just didn't think he was probably ready for it. You know, supposedly, but. That would have been a perfect choice right there. I mean, it has like a Willy Wonka vibe to it when you think about it. It mirrors in the end regard to the whole moral test, you know, at the final key uh, uh, se- sequence. Yeah. No, I think I think he would have been good. But the problem is they had to have somebody who could play the younger him as well as the older him. And I think casting an older actor and then having him play younger was where Spielberg made a mistake and i'm gonna say it you know um and i mean i know that, who, who that rylan's you, who, and spielberg are, are friends you, yeah they've been like in like four fucking movies or something like that well like honestly, if you want to if you want to talk about somebody who has, no. has freaking uh, christian bale um that dude can play a, a paper uh-huh. bag and i believe it but no i think that what they need to do is they need to cast younger and then adapt and, and you know act <sighs> as the older character I think Alec Baldwin would have been better. Someone with a, a little bit more, I don't know how to, how to explain it, a little bit more like sparkle, twinkle in his eye, a little bit more depth would have been, I think it would have gone a long way in the movie. The same, by the yeah. way, I feel a bit with Nolan Sorrento with, uh, with, uh, uh, yeah, Ben Mendelsohn is Mendelsohn. Ben Mendelsohn, he, who I think he was so he's, good, he's so good in Star Wars. R- r- uh, but yeah. he's not this. This is a overt, 
a robust character. That's not him. He's a subdued actor. He's a great actor. He was great in The Outsider on HBO. He was great in uh, Rogue One. But this, so, this movie just didn't do it for me. He he didn't pres- he didn't have the presence. I agree. Yeah, I I like Simon Pegg as the as the partner who you know he was just like the silent partner who almost got kicked out. He still Simon Pegg played a good part, and I don't think he should have took over the lead. I, I liked him at that you know the the partner, his best friend, who was just along for the ride. And he, you know at the very end you saw him age. I enjoyed. I don't know his name in the movie as creator. Ogden yeah, Morrow. He was also because he was also Morrow, the person that gave the the coin to Percival. Extra life, which mattered a lot. The extra life, yeah. Question: What will we be your favorite character if you were doing the Oasis, or what was your favorite pop culture reference in this movie? Where you're just like, I can't believe they fucking show that. Well, to me, it was. I mean, it's not. It wouldn't be who I want to be, but uh, in the in the race, the initial race, when you see. The Jurassic Park T Rex come out like to me that was the moment <laughs> where I was like fanboying out. Um, so I mean, I, I, that was my favorite intertextual reference for sure. Um, yeah, uh, Sean, what was yours? So uh, it's a close run race between the DeLorean, which I think is just uh, once again the most badass way to get around the Oasis. <laughs> I mean, you can't beat it. But uh, I also liked uh, the. Uh, the the reference to King Kong because it brought it back old school. It brought it back to like that was the first, the first villain, the first you know. Yeah, he, he had all the the planes going around him. I just love the concept. I love the, the I that first race to me was like it was like nerdgasm heaven. It was wonderful. Yeah, that's fucking awesome, Eddie. I didn't hear the question. Well, I didn't hear the question. What was the question? My question is, what was your favorite pop culture reference in this movie that you just saw when you were watching this film? You're like, oh, my God, that was fucking dope. Mm, come back to me on that. I don't know right now. There's, there's, there's a couple in my head I have to think about. I have to worry about my signal, too, making sure I don't sound all sketchy right now. So, <laughs> Jeremiah, what was okay. yours? Yeah. So my favorite thing is, like, the last part with the weapon, okay? Yeah, I don't know if you've ever seen this fucking, like, B, B, B rated movie called Crawl. But it was like the knives with the fucking frisbee thing, you know, where he like he throws it and goes. It was like one of my favorite things watching that when I was like a little kid, you know. And I couldn't believe they threw that fucking part into that movie. It's the worst fucking movie in the world. Don't get me wrong, dude. I might make some people fucking get hurt and shit like that, you know. I might hurt their feelings. Be honest with yourself. It's a fucking bad movie. But that fucking scene was like, oh my god! I literally fucking got on my seat when I saw that, Eddie. Uh, so so i it's the shining part with the old lady in the in the bathroom that made me laugh that was legit with the room and everything and then you had uh the main guy it like it, it was it was it, especially because we just did the shining so it was like holy shit like i forgot about this part so that was what's so funny is that uh i remember coming out of the theater thinking man i really it was when i was watching all the horror movies jeremiah and you're, i was like i really want to watch the shining and you you said to me no shit you're like you you're literally you that it. character you that was you were literally that character you're just like i really want to see it but is it really scary <laughs> i've never seen it and i was just like you, you no, jeremiah looks me dead in the face and says, you just watched it there's no reason to see it <laughs> Oh my god! So I, I do want to talk about another part that I I didn't like, um, and I didn't like it times infinity was the the dance club scene. So what, I just want to talk about that. What did you guys think of the dance club scene? To me, that one that was the part, Jared, that that really just dragged. I thought it was 
interesting in concept, but then again, TJ Miller comes in and just fucking destroys the, the scene. Don't get me wrong. Like, you know, any day, any, any sequence you're going to get new order, blue Monday in it. I'm, I'm going to be behind it. I'm like, fuck yeah. You know, dance and shit. It shows you other sides of Oasis though. It shows you that people, it shows you other parts of Oasis that you don't need to be going for video games. You just go there, hang out. Like it showed you, it showed you the development of two characters who were falling in love too. So you had a love story that, you know, this is it, it. in the real world, this is what you would have done. It shows this connection. It shows that they're trying to emulate real life. I thought it was wonderful. I thought that. I, I just think it was, went too the long. Zemeckis cube. You I agree with that. Yeah, 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 Zemeckis, but the Zemeckis it, it cube was, was fucking was amazing. Like that whole sequence was so fun that it's like, okay, I don't even care that they have goofy dancing. See, yeah, and it wasn't even the dancing for me. It was just like the 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 time that we took away from. And I get what you're saying, character development, but the time that we took away from maybe moving the the, the story forward a little bit more, um, yeah. Well, you were moving the, know, you were moving the story forward with the Jeremiah, and Jeremiah, Jeremiah, you have something to say. No, I think regarding to the whole, like, you know, the characters getting to know each other and, like, there's it's a pivotal point where, you know, Samantha or whatever her name is, um, Artemis or something Artemis, like that, she yeah. literally breaks it down Artemis. regarding to the real life and everything of what the wrongs and like the dangers of the virtual reality and everything like that. I love that scene. I love that part, but it's just like, I always kind of do roll my eyes. It's like when they, any type of family dance comes around, they're going to bust out Saturday night fever. And I'm like, ah, fuck. Okay. You went the, you went to the safe zone part right there. You know, that's, that's it. That's just me being fucking like, you know, a dick shit. So, and, and getting back, I just want to say one more thing, Brad. I know you didn't like the last battle. I know you didn't like it because it was long and there was a lot, but there, like Eddie said at the beginning, there's something for everyone. And that was what we call fan service because there was so much great development, so much great moments, so many great moments. I mean, when he stands up and gives that speech, you know, I'm a huge fan of speeches in movies and of the high, you know, the high five, like these are the five that are going to basically win the oasis and you've got people arriving out of nowhere you get the batmobile you got you know halo characters you got stormtroopers you got all <laughs> you these got chucky fucking coming yeah. out of nowhere chucky. <laughs> badass. And, uh, badass and it yeah. also I, mean, I, I think demonstrated the power of the villain you know i don't i don't like giving you credit but i think that yeah you hit you hit the nail on the head there and i think you know eddie came from you first so i'm gonna give you credit but yeah, it, it is true. Um, I Thank mean, you. there there were things that, that that ending really just was like, oh god, just stop. Um, but at the same time, you're what right. ending? What what what? what oh, not, not the end. Sorry, the, the end battle, the battle, the the ending battle. Um, because the ending itself was great. I mean, don't get me wrong. I, I enjoyed how they were trying to like win the game, the other <laughs> three, the bad guys, right? And they were just falling <laughs> off one by one. Yeah, it's just, and it came down to like a small little controller playing video games. It was hilarious every time too when they just kept like losing, and then the the final person won, and he's like, "I still lost. What the hell?" So no, but the thing is, is like I love that part of the film. There's like so many Easter eggs, right? And the final challenge of this this whole thing is, is a vintage video game called The Adventure, right? And it's the original first Easter egg. It, it, I mean, it doesn't get better than that. That's the final battle is the original Easter egg regarding to a game people grew up with. And, and the way they set it up, Brandon, to your point, you know, you've got this huge battle and he ends up using the orb, the villain, uh, you know, Roman Sorrento ends up, Nolan Sorrento, ends up using this orb, destroying the entire 
world. The whole oasis is gone. Everyone loses their coins. And then he gets to use that extra life. And then he gets to sit there and play the game and explain to everyone watching. Everyone was watching. It's like, it reminds me of everyone watching. And this is probably too extravagant, but like the moon landing or Kennedy or any of these moments where the whole world is watching one thing. That's what it gave me the feeling of is that the whole yeah. world is doing exactly what holiday wanted, which is to be connected in one moment. And I yeah. thought that was a really and the ending, uh, a no, beautiful way to end it. You're right. The ending was, was fantastic. Um, again, take that 25 minute battle, drop it down to eight minutes. Yeah, we're good. good. (laughs) Right, Jer? We're good. Then you would have had the iron giant. (laughs) You know what? That was great. Come on, man. I I did enjoy it. You got Voltron. I mean, I was, I was, I was losing my shit in the final battle. So it was good shit. Oh, man. So that brings us to the end of review. Now it's time on the podcast where each of the hosts provides his score on the following scale. Eddie, can you provide the scale, please? Zero to perfect movie. You don't need shit to enjoy it. One, a feel good first cocktail. Two, a happy buzz. Three, you're in the Uber lifting home. Four, a rough morning watch of shame. Five, blackout. Eddie, Eddie what did you say? We couldn't hear what you drunk. said the entire time. Uh, liar. <laughs> Uh, that's where you're going to go first. Oh shit. Okay. Brandon. Uh, you know what? I haven't gone first in a long time. Yeah. You ready now? Asshole. <laughs> you know okay. So I, I came in. That's what she said. <laughs> <laughs> or that's what he said. <laughs> she said, she said, laughing. she said, I, I joined this, I joined this podcast this evening, um, with a, with a much higher score. You guys have definitely talked me down to what it was. And I think it's because I, um, when, when we're watching, when I'm watching these movies for the podcast purpose, I'm trying to pick them apart. I'm trying to really kind of nitpick where the first time I saw it, I just it sat back and cynical. enjoyed the role. It does. Yeah. And like, you know, yeah, I, I, the first time I saw it, I couldn't care less about, um, you know, the, the length of the last battle. And if I thought it was too busy and, but here I'm like, Oh no, this should have been dropped down. And so I think that, you know, one of the reasons that, I love talking with you guys is that it helps to kind of ground me. So thank you guys for grounding me a little bit. Um, that said, there were plenty of things about this movie that, do that it. didn't, that <laughs> didn't hit, um, you know, Rylance's performance from, from minute one all the way to minute last, <clears throat> excuse me, that, that fell really short for me. That said, everything else in this movie really just was, it just, it's exciting. I know Jeremiah, you, you started talking about the, the movie talking about how, when you heard Van Halen's jump, right, you get the synth going and it just felt good and it just felt fun. And I think that that's what this movie is. It brought fun, but at the same time, it brought a whole lot of social commentary that I think we really need to be asking some of the questions that, that this movie really poses. Um, and so in that case, when, I, when I'm looking at it all together, I, I don't think it's a great movie. I don't even know if it's a, a really good movie, but I do think it's, it's, it's on the verge of being a good movie. So I think I'm going to go with, um, I'm going to go with a 1.75. I'm going to say it's a feel good first cocktail. Um, I, you know, I was sitting there thinking more three. So you guys dropped my score literally in half. So 1.75 for me. Um, Eddie, I want to hear what you have to say about this. You, uh, definitely went, I, when you said that. Your score came from like what I was thinking in my head is like one point seven five. Shit, I wasn't expecting yeah. that. <laughs> so, uh, so good. Uh, well, Spielberg definitely uh, surprised me with this movie, and I feel like you know, with this movie made me feel like, see, he still got it in him. He still got it. <laughs> you know, don't don't cut, don't get the man out yet. I mean, after War Horse, uh, so I was really happy with this movie. <laughs> uh, it's, it's, it was a movie of like a bunch of actors that I had 
kind of knew, uh, and then the whole, a couple older guys that like I did know about, but I liked the young actors and actresses in this movie. It was uh, the movie brought back so much good reference in my childhood, and you know, and music uh, alone was like we we never we I, I don't think we talked enough about the music, but just you know the music, the movies, and the video games. Like it, it had a nice little trifecta of everything, and then the beginning of technology in the eyes of this creator is almost kind of like how technology has gone now. Uh, this movie takes place in two thousand forty-five, which you know what. Uh, we're years gonna now, beat poss- it. Possibly, <laughs> possibly, we're we're definitely there. We're there. Uh, so kind of uh, scary. It's crazy how, yeah, really scary. So I'm gonna start investing into this type of uh, universe now. Because uh, you know, I realized having the gloves and having the, all the gear really mattered. Uh, Bitcoin, but, <laughs> <laughs> NFTs. Uh, this movie, it was fun to watch. So it's a movie that I think you can watch with your your family members, your kids. Uh, it's a movie that if you see on TV, definitely watch it. Uh, is it in the top five of my movies? No, but is it a movie that I enjoy watching? And I don't. I have a, a couple slow parts in the movie in the middle. Uh, I I didn't, I felt like they could have done a little bit different with the second key. Uh, but I guess they brought back with how you know he missed out on his true love. Uh, and, you know, his holiday quote was, she wanted to go dance, but we watched the movie, you know. So um, it just tells about a lot of themes in life of like, you know what, don't take life for granted and enjoy the, the small things. Enjoy your friendship. Enjoy your family and enjoy your love of your life, uh, you know, once you, you find her and don't let her slip through your hands. Um, I'm definitely going to give this a movie uh, 1.5. I'm around Brandon's store with a feel good first shot tell with a, a half a shot. Nice. Uh, Jeremiah. 1.5. Wait, 1.5? With a shot. Feel good first cocktail with a shot. 1.5 with a shot. Yeah. Um, watching this movie this past week, I can honestly say that this is probably Spielberg's best movie in the past 20 years when you think about it. I mean, next to Minority Report, I mean, it's really that good. I know a lot of fans out there are like, ooh, Lincoln's the best. Well, come on, let's be true. 90% of that reason why that movie is great is because Daniel Day-Lewis. So we'll just leave it at that right there. But this movie has like this magical element from Spielberg movies that we grew up with, which is fun and just pure imagination that I miss so much from Steven. And I really hope he comes back to this because the last three or four films, they've been cool, whatever, but nothing like this type of universe movie that I've been kind of wanting from him for a long time. The movie is a fun experience, virtual adventures that have so much like a nostalgic feeling that's packed into this whole film, and I loved it. But the only problem I had was just it's a little long during the mid part of the film. It gets a little lost. However, it gets back on track close to the end with that just that badass battle sequence. I know, like, Brandon was not about it. I was so losing my mind in that part. So I fucking love it, man. I love the throwback vibe of the story and how much it gives the 80s and the 90s and 2000s, you know, just so much love. But... I really love the hidden message of the movie where it's like the importance of human connection and it's important that we don't lose what's around us. You know what I'm saying? So I enjoy the shit out of this movie. It's not the best movie. It's not the worst movie, but man, it's a feel good cocktail with a shot. So with Eddie, I'm right. 1.5 here on this one. <laughs> I, I think that this movie success, successfully does uh, what 
movies are supposed to do. I watch movies to number one, be entertained, number two, to feel something, number three, to be on a ride, right? That's why we watch movies. And so I think that this movie successfully tells a story, and it's a good story that we all can relate to. It's about you know, breaking away and, and looking back at our lives and, and not making the same mistakes over and over again, taking a chance on love and overcoming the villain like that. All those are really good themes that everyone can really get behind and love and appreciate. And I think this movie from a story perspective hits it out of the park. I think that from an enjoyability standpoint, I enjoyed it thoroughly. Every time I've watched it from the beginning to the end, there is no lull. There's no slow part. If there is a slow part for you guys, I'm sorry. But for me, I just, I fall in love every time he dances, every time they have a little moment together. I love it. I love every moment of it. Um, I do think this movie is not perfect. Don't get me wrong. It's, this movie has, you know, we've talked about some casting errors and I think that overall it has, it has some mistakes, but, it's a feel-good first cocktail. It's a one. It does. It, it, it's the reason you go to the movies. It's it's a Spielberg summer blockbuster. And you know what? If I was to watch this movie versus versus any other Spielberg movie, I would say let's watch this one. Let's sit down and enjoy this one. I agree with you on that one, right there, man. Seriously. So when you take uh, those four scores, uh, sorry, Jeremiah, <laughs> thank you for for agreeing. Uh, you're you're in Eddie's one point five, my one, and Brandon's one point seven five. What does that uh, give Ready well, Player One well, an average rating of there, three. Eduardo? Ready Player One gets a one point four three seven five. Thank you, Brandon. It would have been really cool if it got a one. That's a one point four three seven five. Yep. Jeremiah, when you uh, when you look at our list, where does that put us on our on our list of movies we've reviewed? It's actually uh, between two classic ones that we have on our uh, our list here. We got it's between Star Wars: Rise of Skywalker and Big, Big Fish: and Pirates of the Caribbean. A one point three seven five. I don't remember that one. Pirates of Ter- Pirates. I don't remember that one either, actually. <laughs> 1.375 is a better movie than 1.4375. So you got Garden of State, Inglorious Bastards, uh, Rise of Skywalker, and then it's Ready to Player One. You know, I, okay. I, I think it fits exactly where it needs to be, right? All so- right. I think it should be. No, I wasn't right going to say that. I honestly you know, think that this what was one picked? of our best best recordings, hands down. You know what I would have picked? You know what I would have picked to play Holiday? Brian Cox. I Brian freaking been- Cox. <laughs> Oh, well, uh, I would like to take a, a couple of seconds here to thank everyone who's listened to us for so far four, uh, excuse me, three very engaging seasons. We really enjoy making this podcast. It's about four friends, you know, getting together and really talking about their favorite subject, which is movies. And we really appreciate you tuning in, listening and helping us grow. Um, we ask you absolutely please tell your friends uh, we are coming back for season four. We're going to take a little bit of a break. Jeremiah, what do we have during our break uh, that we're we're doing? So, yeah, we're going to actually take away from our season four because we have a whole new type of like season of like reviewing movies from our private collections. But we're going to actually start doing a lot of new things with our podcast. We're going to be reviewing our uh, new TV series coming out pretty soon, as well as movies from the theaters. You know, we're kind of expanding our horizon here as a podcast. We have a lot of listeners. That's because of you. Thank you so much. Next week, we are going to do our first TV series, which we're going to be doing Obi-Wan Kenobi's series right here. And we are so excited. We can't wait to do this. This is fantastic. 
I am tickled for joy, and this is uh, kind of a new thing the, the that first we few are episodes, going right? to do with this podcast, which is raw excited. Nice. Yeah, we're, we're, doing, a whole we're, like we're doing a whole season. So this is going to be good stuff, guys. I can't wait for you guys to hear this. And honestly, uh, this is direct appeal to the audience. If there's any stories you want us to do, any movies, TV shows that you want us to uh, to record, to your review, please let us know. You can let us know by email at host at gentlemanpodcast.com. Yep. I religiously uh, look at that email address. We're, we're really, movies. really uh, open to 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 suggestions uh i i i will do a couple scary movies coming up i will i will i will i will i will i will the conjuring that's a promise right there guys look at that i will not do that i will not do the conjuring (laughs) all right guys oh you know what thank you guys so much and remember the power of two just share us with two of your friends two of your co-workers or two of your enemies it doesn't matter the power to you it really helps us out so much yeah you should you should make your enemies watch halloween which is brandon's favorite episode (laughs) and you know what i think that what we should do is we should all try to be like the united arab emirates and get us to 94 in all countries that's what i'm saying (laughs) go do it guys all right hey congratulations on the close of season three we will see you in season four but before that we'll see you for the obi-wan show Uh, jeremiah do you know what episode number this is 79th episode actually Ooh, 79th episode that means season four we'll see 100 episodes we'll kick off season four with episode 80 that's kind of fun yeah that's cool good stuff guys all right well cheers gentlemen and we'll see you next season uh before that we'll see you at the obi-wan show i'm happy you made it through this one cheers Really good episode because yeah, Sean's awake by the end of this. God, well, Sean so, was just like, "I am with the force. The force is with me. I am with the force." I, I, I'm telling you right now, I don't know what's wrong with me. I the have bells. Like-